welcome to WPD Sports Press On Podcast. I am Dr. Scott McNeil, WPD Sports President, Chief Sports Mentor, and Lifelong Athlete. Join me today in student-athletes and faith-infused life conversations that intersect both soul and sport. That was fantastic. No, that was stellar. Stellar. That was a, I like that word, stellar. Nice little addition there to the uh, Zoom podcast little device I'm using. Yeah. So they're not going to give me any money for that, but thought I'd just play that funky little piece there for you. <clears throat> okay, here we go. You got everybody paying attention now? So uh, this is Doc Scott McNeil. Uh, I'm running solo today because I'm pontificating something, pondering something pretty deep here, and want to start out by a visual. Here we go. T-shirt, white T-shirt. On that white T-shirt, you have um, across the top of it, kind of the T-shirt, you know, it says, I can do all things. Move down a little bit, and then you have the circle, and in that circle you have soccer ball, volleyball, tennis racket, tennis ball, football, Ball, bowling ball, bowling pins to go with the bowling ball, uh, hockey stick. I mean, hockey. Yeah, okay, it's hockey stick. Sure, hockey puck. Not to be confused with a friend of yours, uh, and a, maybe a, a catcher's mitt or something like that. And in the middle of those little tools of the trade, you have through Christ who gives me strength. And then at the bottom, of course, you have a fine little reference to Philippians four. 13. So do you have that uh, visual in your mind? You have that there? Okay, t-shirt and everything. So this is what I'm pondering. And with the help of a uh, a little scholar there I've run into, we're going to play with this idea of uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because it's some, it's a familiar phrase, term, phrase, yeah, phrase that uh, many of us have heard over our pilgrimage, right? So that comes from Philippians well, in the context, 10 through 13, chapter 4, 10 through 13. Let me read it to you in the ESV. It says this, I rejoiced, this is Paul the Apostle now writing now to the folks at Philippi. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity to give, that is. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned, he has learned, the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul the Apostle writing to us, my quick thought of that one is, he says, I have learned. And that learned, what that the word learn captures me because somehow when we learn, we engage time and space, we engage things, we engage people, and it has an effect of us effectively and cognitively. I mean, he's learned. He did. So, he was going through something to learn that there was a secret of facing this plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, strengthens me. So I'm pretty challenged on this, okay? That's where I'm starting off here. So, Athlete or not, 
I mean, we like the, we love the athletes and we're going to focus on that, but I'm thinking this is a precept and principle that uh, is good for all those who are running the race of faith. So athlete or not, um, I mean, this is what I'm thinking. Who would not want the confidence to know that we collectively can do all things? Who would not want to know that we are not running the race of life alone? Who would not want encouragement in the midst of both our private and public worlds that at times are going absolutely bonkers? Who would not want to know and experience a certain amount of contentment in this life? And perhaps more importantly, who would not want to experience the caring, illuminating presence of the Spirit in our lives? Those are the questions I have. That's what I'm pondering. So, spoiler alert, uh, in case you can't make it through the rest of our time together here, um, the word reframe comes to, comes to the, the forefront. And that comes from our uh, resident scholar. So, it seems that contentment comes from reframing our experiences, especially the head-scratching ones, in my opinion, concerning the fact that the world is passing away. Contentment comes from reframing our experiences, especially the head-scratching ones, considering the fact that the world is passing away. Perhaps you and I are a bit too attached to and demand too much from our own desires and maybe the folks around us. That is what I'm pondering today, and that's what I ponder as I continue in our time together here and share with you my thoughts. Now, I'm going to borrow tremendously. Actually, it's his writing. It's his prose. And I'm going to interject a few clicks and grunts in the middle of this kind of thing to give you my thoughts uh, to bring it home a little bit more. So Dr. Brian Gamel uh, is a New Testament scholar at Baylor University. So I encountered his work um, about this uh, I Can Do All Things passage while working through a continual, uh, continuing ed uh, course at the Faith Sports Institute at Baylor University. Now, there are theological and probably ideological positions that Dr. Gamel holds that I would counter sometimes strongly, but on this one, I lean in with this man. I run with him on this this uh, treatment, this pondering of the Philippians 4.13. So, now, get back to that T-shirt that we have, in, that you have in your mind as you're driving down the road or listening by the crackling fire, whatever. Um, you got that T-shirt, across the top, I can do all things. In the middle, Christ who strengthens me, a little smaller. And then at the bottom, the reference, okay? So how, this is where Dr. Gamel is is now proposing this. And I'm reading almost verbatim his treatment of this with, uh, without, you know, occasionally my clicks and, grunts, clicks and grunts will be, you know, provided, okay? So how might we understand these words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, on this particular t-shirt? It's a common sporting item. Um, People wear it. You've seen it. How might we understand these words on this shirt? So he proposes this. Let's look at I. I is the first word. It is centered on me. I take command of this sentence and be its subject. I can do. I am capable. I have agency. I have ability and choice and power. I can do all things. These words are in big font and in caps at the top. This is the main message of the image. I have agency and power and choice in everything. But the all things specifically envisioned here are sports. Okay, you got football, you got tennis, basketball, soccer. It's a sport. All things. 
The message seemingly conveyed by this image is that I have the power to perform in all of these sports. That's what the image shows on the t-shirt. Or maybe not just perform, but perform, but how about overcome, how about win or dominate? Oh, and look at those other words down there in the middle, the through Christ who strengthened or through Christ who gives me strength, kind of smaller in a font. These words are not highlighted on this t-shirt that you and I have in our mind. It's not highlighted as being important. They're smaller. They're set beneath the main text in the, in, in, within the image. It's not clear how Christ is the medium through which I will perform and perhaps win at all of these games. Maybe it's like some kind of charm Dr. Gamel proposes. So, Christ somehow gives a mysterious kind of strength which enables the eye of the passage to outperform in everything, but specifically here in all sports, because that's what the shirt t-shirt's showing. This is what we might consider the implicit imperative frame for the passage given in this context. That is, it's saying, I can perform over the top in these sports. That's what it's suggesting. So, this passage has become infamous among Christian athletes, for sure, and its appeal to them is very self-evident. Athletes face enormous pressure to perform. You may be one of them, feeling like I, that is you, have an edge or access to extra ability or power, even psychologically. Having access or thinking you have access, that can be pretty transformative. Maybe I, or maybe you, maybe I feel that I don't have enough ability or willpower or talent or training to perform the way I need to once again. But that's okay, because I can perform at this sport because it is Christ who gives me this mysterious strength. Now, take a deep breath here. So, Dr. Gamal would suggest, are we, or ask, are we being unfair to the people who make these shirts? And his answer is, probably, and I would agree. You're being stinky. So he says, our previous exploration is a particularly uncharitable reading of the first image. For sure, man. Perhaps all that is intended by it is simply that I am able to compete at all or to do my best because Christ enables me to do it, to do so. Okay, fine. So does this passage offer hope and comfort to Christians, even Christian athletes? Yes and yes, Dr. Gamel proposes. But it is important to understand what kind of hope is offered. It is vital that we can name and articulate the kind of comfort it provides. Because even those notions are un- even these notions are unfortunate examples of what we labeled eisegesis above, that is, putting meaning unto the text or into the text from the outside. In all of these cases, Philippians 4 13 is not so much being interpreted as being used as an empty bucket, he suggests, to fill my hopes and my dreams and my aspirations. So, another breath. Dr. Gamal continues, what might a faithful interpretation of this passage look like? And how might athletes, and I would say even non-athletes, still find meaning and hope in these words? The sentence is made up of six words in the Greek for all you Greek scholars, you can run immediately to your, your sources and check all of that out and have a great time doing that. But there's six words in there. And Dr. Gamel is suggesting that a very literal translation might be, in all things I can prevail by the one who empowers me. So even translating it differently 
reveals something helpful about the passage. The main verb means something like to be strong, to be powerful, to prevail. It is not about accomplishment. That's the impression we get when we see it translated as I can do. It's about status and disposition at that point. So, we also note that the all things is not the object of the verb. So, Dr. Gamel is proposing this or suggesting this. Quote, I can prevail in all things. I prevail. I prevail in all things. I have this this, this status or disposition in the midst of everything that's happening around me. I prevail. So, he continues, but translating the passage only gets us so far. We also need to set it in context. If we read it in the Greek, we once again see that this is even more vitally important because this sentence is preceded by the Greek equivalent of a semicolon. Woohoo! Right? So they have to go back to verse 10 to get a proper introduction to the passage. So he goes back. Now, wait, watch at the end of this when you see, when you hear, I prevail. So once again, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that, I am refer, uh, not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have a little, and I know what it is to have plenty. And uh, in any circumstance, in all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and going hungry, of having plenty and being in need. I, here it is, I prevail in all things through him who strengthens me. So, Dr. Gamel continues, reading the verse in context now reveals much more about how we should understand it. Paul is writing to his friends in Philippi and thanking them for their concern for him as he languishes in the prison. Good friends to have. A concern that manifests itself in the form of some kind of material gift. They want to take care of their brother Paul, right? But he assures them that even though he appreciates what they have done for him, he does not need it. But why? Here it is. Paul has learned how to reframe his experience through a different lens than the lens of feelings and expectations that arise from each circumstance. He has learned how to exist in conditions of plenty and conditions of great need. In fact, in any and all circumstances. And these circumstances are the antecedents for the all things. Yeah. Verse 13. It is what they are talking about. Paul prevails in all things. That is, in any and all circumstances, even ones where he is hungry or at loss, because he sees those situations differently now. Whew. Okay, great, Paul. Great, Paul. How are you seeing it differently? How are you seeing it differently? Okay, so Dr. Gamel says, it seems that Paul follows his own advice because he seems to offer this advice to the Corinthians. Check this out in 1 Corinthians 7, 29 through 31. He says this, Let even those who have wives be as though they have none, and those who mourn as though they were, they were not mourning, and those who rejoiced joyce, as though they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as though they have no dealings with it. For the present, the present form of this world is passing away. I think that's the key. Somehow Paul was looking at like, this stuff is not going to last. As good as it is, as it 
as a blessing as it is, it's going to pass. So, suggested to live as though things were different than the way we experience them is to live in light of God's activity in the world, veiled though it may be to us. It is to hold fast to the conviction that the present form of this world is passing away. And I'm reminded to myself, we can confess something cognitively, but conviction is going to change our behavior. So it is to hold fast to the conviction that the present form of this world is passing away. Gamal continues. This is precisely the secret that Paul refers to in our passage. Learning to see the world this way is the empowering that Christ offers to Paul. I prevail in all things through him who strengthens me means to be able to continually reframe his experience, our experience, so that he, we, can persevere no matter the situation that confronts him or us. So, what does all this mean for understanding Philippians 4.13? Is it wrong to put this on a t-shirt? Should athletes not use this passage at all? Okay, you can think about those. Dr. Gamal suggests these parting thoughts. Number one, understanding a Bible passage in isolation is hard, sometimes impossible. So understanding the Bible takes work. Number two, without this work of understanding the Bible, we can easily import that is put upon a meaning unto the text that doesn't exist. We put a meaning on there. If people read the image of Philippians 4.13 on sports t-shirts or in sporting contexts, they might be led to assume that Christ gives them the power to perform in all contexts. This message speaks to one of the secret fears of the athlete. That they are not enough. They will not prevail. But this does so, but this, but this, but this is wrong. It, it's not that. So let me read that again. This message speaks to one of the secret fears of the athlete, that they are not enough, they will not prevail, but does so in a wrong way. And I'm stepping back from the reading here and saying, I have seen this myself. The fear of the athlete. Uh, and it manifests itself in so many ways. What supplement am I going to take? I need to go get some uh, stimulants. Uh, I don't feel good today. This, that, the other thing, it's, there's a fear. There's a deep fear. And uh, eventually it shows itself out in, in lack of performance. And so I think if you're listening and you're a student athlete, you understand this, the fear that sometimes you have and I have had when we're engaging our sport. Okay. Uh, well, that was a big one. <clears throat> so thirdly, Dr. Gamel suggests, Ironically, the message of Philippians 4.13 in context speaks powerfully to the athlete, for it tells them that the empowering that Christ offers is not to enhance or enable their performance, your performance, my performance, but their imaginations. Enhance it. Whether they win, whether I win, whether you win, whether they win or lose, whether they perform or falter, whether they succeed or fail, they can prevail in all those conditions by seeing the world rightly 
and understanding that their value and identity is not derived or determined by their, their, their outcomes or those outcomes. Your times, your marks, that, that does not define you. It doesn't define me. It should not. Because those things are passing away. So now as I step away from the reading here that I'm giving you, the background and whatnot, um, I'm reminded, I'm thinking this just even before this podcast or this uh, episode of the podcast just the other day, I was uh, I saw a student athlete who was, I saw him, he was in a boot. You know what a boot is. Student athlete, you know what a boot is, okay? And that's uh, something you're going to be wearing on, on your foot because something's awry, something, you got an injury. So this is a second semester freshman, uh, very good, in this case, a runner. And uh, I was standing there and he came to me with his boot on and his shorts and his sunglasses. And I knew he was uh, distraught because he had to get redshirted because he's got a problem in his foot and they're trying to mitigate that. But in a short period of time, I knew that uh, he was being, his world was being rocked. And I started, you know, I was thinking even at that moment of, of Paul and the depth, the crazy depth that Paul is at when he's talking about learning to be content and the reframing, as we've been suggesting today, the reframing that is needed uh, in this context. And I know he's so far from that. And then I thought to myself, I'm so far from that in my own life as a human being, as a Christ follower, and, and as a, an old athlete. And I'm pretty convinced that in my mind, in my mind, in my existence, I'll forever be pursuing contentment. And my guess, my trust is that on when this race is over and on the other side, that then there will be contentment. There'll be no more struggle. I will be known in full, and I will know in full. And that's what I thought, in lightning fast as the brain does, standing in front of that young guy. And went, and then just simply patting him on the shoulder. Actually, not a pat. Pat's kind of, kind of just to touch him on the shoulder and saying, hey, man, I appreciate you sharing that with me. This is, this is tough, and I'm here. Um, and leaving it, leaving it at that, and perhaps something more will come from that. So that's how I kind of, kind of put all of this stuff that we've been wrestling with here into a context. And, uh, I'm not content. Are you? And I'm okay saying that. And, but I will continue to strive and I'll continue to do what, what I'm about as far as I can figure and what WPD sports means for all of whatever that means. I want you to, and I, I will too. I simply press on. Thanks for listening to WPD sports press on podcast. Find previous episodes at WPDsports.org and on your favorite podcast service until we meet again. Press on. Press on.